Two of America's most wanted, Kevin Kincaid and Dave Zeitlin. Baxter's here as well, so he might, might be the third the third most wanted. I'm not sure if you heard, but the Philadelphia uh, Union won a game of soccer. I saw it with my own eyes. They, they came out in the field. They kicked the ball around. They scored some goals, and it's they won stuff. a game. It's big stuff, and you have a uh, you know you have a statistic uh, for how long it's been. Oh uh, yeah, since episode two of our four, fourteen episodes we've done. Yeah, we've done uh, every other seventeen. Week, so, yeah. yeah, we've done seventeen. Okay, and uh, we yeah the last one that we did where we talked about a win was yeah uh, episode episode two. two yeah, and it's the first time they won since you got married. Yeah. And my wife got pregnant right around the time of their last win. It was a big win. We were it excited. It was a big win. Let's just uh, say that. It was but a... uh, there's a chance that she, she could bring a baby from conception to uh, birth in a time that the union... Yeah. Didn't win a game, but they. Uh... Which is something that if you're a uh, you know if you're a professional soccer team, you're trying to avoid that. But uh, yeah, nine month winless streak. Nine right? month winless streak. But you know what? Uh, not good generally. Hey, credit to your town, your team, your Philadelphia Union, who who kept a second consecutive clean sheet, a three nothing win against the New York Red Bulls. Uh, you know, and I th- I think now that I look back on it, my biggest takeaway from it was, you know, once they got to that second sec- halfway through that second half, instead of crumbling and instead of folding, yeah. and instead of, you know, seeing the pressure kind of kind of force them to collapse, you know, they kind of went the other direction. And they kind of got stronger, you know, as the game went on. Yeah, and that was that mental that mental kind of stability that we hadn't that had kind of been, uh, you know, plaguing them for the last couple. Uh, yeah, months. it definitely. The, the- the game was kind of plodding along, kind of a boring first half. Uh, not too much happened. And then I guess midway through the second half, just seemed like a jolt of energy, whether that was Keegan coming in, uh, Jones coming in, uh, Roland Albert coming out maybe. But something seemed to change, and, and they got a, uh, a much-needed win. A much-needed sure. win. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I think that was a big topic of discussion after the game was how much did those subs uh, change the game. And I wrote about that when I did the player grades and the analysis. Um so Roland Alberg picked up a quad, you know, sometime in the second half, and Ray Gaddis had a collision with uh, Kimar Lawrence on the sidelines, and Ray tried to stay on, tried to walk it off. And and how do you feel too if you're if you're Ray Gaddis and uh, you know you wait a year to try to get a shot at the yeah. starting lineup again? He finally gets in there and then he hurts his leg. Of course he doesn't want to come out because that might be it. Right. Um, so but Ray Gaddis a- playing on one leg, I mean. If you're Keegan Rosenberg, you're like, what more do I have to do well, to get in the game? And yeah, yeah. Did. I mean, it's it's a shame, um, but it is what it is. Baxter is about this win. Yeah, Baxter's up on Dave right now. Baxter, <laughs> come on, get, get down from there, man. Kissing my face. Yeah. I don't mind. But, uh, so, you know, when I when I did that, I just went back and looked at the... So they made the injury double switch. I think it was uh, minute 63, and Allberg and Gaddis came out. Derek Jones came on, and Keegan Rosenberg came on. Obviously, Keegan playing right back, and Derek Jones um, played as a number eight, and Alejandro Bedoya went up. Um, moved yeah. up and played number 10. And, um, you know, I went and watched that sequence again from minute 63 to 74 where CJ got the first goal, which ended up being the game winner. And I didn't, I, you know, I thought, I think it was more more so than the subs coming in. I think it was uh, just about the game, like, sort of naturally becoming stretched there because uh, New York had a couple chances. Andre Blake had a save on Sasha Kleschen. Uh, then Daniel Royer missed at the, at the back post uh, on a cross there where he got by Keegan. But on the other side, uh, Robles had the really big save on CJ. That's a great on save. On the header, yeah. great save. Great save. Um, and then Chris Pontius had one that he fired over the bar, and he had another one where he got a shot off. So if anything, I think it was more about, you know, there was a couple good saves in there. Both teams had looks. And then when the goal came, um, you know, Harris Madunian just lumped a clearance forward, a, a terrible mistake, terrible yeah. misplay. 
uh, CJ in the right place at the right time, and I counted it. He had time to dribble five times. Or, well, take five touches on the ball, and then he hit that. And a deflection. Deflected yeah. shot in. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It, it seemed to me like at that point, I think we were looking at each other in the press box saying, oh, maybe we're in line for another like boring draw here, but that wasn't the case. Yeah. And that's what they needed to kind of come alive late, because I guess like first Montreal when they scored uh, three goals and then they were kind of protecting that lead. Like this time, they didn't really need to like protect anything. They just kind of like erupted late, and that's that's probably what they needed, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, I mean, defensively, you know, the clean sheet. I, I think we all knew that when they were, uh, you know, after Montreal happened, that Jim, being the kind of coach that he is, and being the kind of player that he was, was that they were going to always try to, you know, get back, get back to um, just trying to fix yeah. the defense up and play from back to front. And I'll be honest, the fact that a back line of Gaddis, uh, Fabi, Jack Elliott, and Gooch had a shutout mm-hmm. is pretty surprising to me. I I said before the game, it's one of the worst back lines in uh, in Union history. Someone kind of got got like mad at me on Twitter. <laughs> He's a big Jack Elliott fan. But, I mean, in terms of guys who have done much, I mean, these guys, I mean, Jack and Gooch are pretty untested in this league um, yeah. as far as, like, union center back pairings go. Like, throughout history, they've they've always had, like, these good, like, MLS reliable center backs, and, and these two guys just just really aren't. But, I mean, Jack Elliott's been playing well. So Yeah, I mean, when you looked at that lineup, obviously the question marks were there. Gooch hadn't played a ton of games, and he's 34 years old. Yeah. Jack Elliott was a rookie who yeah. hadn't played a ton of games. Uh, Ray Gaddis, who had, who's a good 1v1 defender, but who hasn't played a ton you know, over the last year, obviously. And Fabi, who's been – who I think he actually played really, he really played well in yeah. Los Angeles no, he, and, and played well in this game too, but hadn't been having a season that matched you know his output last yeah. year up until this point. I think that I think that was legitimate when you yeah. looked at it. But Jack Elliott just, you know, his thing is that he seems just like so calm on the ball, yeah. and he shows this uh, this this presence that's just sort of a veteran kind of um, yeah. presence. And I, you know, Jim pointed it out in the in the press conference after the game that Elliott took that yellow card that um, uh, tactical foul on Bradley Wright Phillips there, and that was also during that stretch of yeah. from sixty three to seventy four too, where Keegan played the ball back to him. Elliott took a bad touch, and then he fouled. Uh, BWP and took yeah. the you don't you don't so, see rookie defenders yeah. do that do well, that so, stuff that so my question is how good is Jack Elliott because the union have, have had players come out of nowhere in the past and they kind of play well for like a few games and then they kind of fizzle out I mean Ken Tribbett was like one example like last year he he was pretty good at first but I mean do you see Jack Elliott as being like a starter in this league for a while should uh, Josh Yarrow be worried about getting his job back like where do you see Jack Elliott right now yeah, I don't know. I don't think we have enough of a sample size to really determine that, but I've made the comparison from the beginning of Axel Schuberg, you know, in Colorado, uh, you know, cause Jack, we all know is not the fastest guy, but he and Gooch, the reason they were really good the other night is just cause they position themselves really well and they know that they're not going to win a foot race, but they don't allow themselves to get into foot races in the first place. There was only one occasion I think that I counted where Bradley Wright Phillips was able to get the ball in space and, and run at Gooch. And I think they were able to knock it out for a corner or something like that. But, um, it's just it's just positioning and presence and whatnot, and also the the space between the lines was a lot better the other night. Alejandro Bedoya doing the defensive work that he was doing, uh, Harris Madunyanin also dropping in a little bit more. But I mean, I was surprised for sure. I thought that being said, I thought Red Bull, you know, was pretty wasteful on yeah, on a yeah. lot of a lot of chances, and they had they had some um, some looks, you know, in the second half. Obviously, you know, Andre had a couple of big saves. The one on the doorstep on Bradley Wright Phillips, where they could have tied it up and made it one to one. We're all sitting here looking at a three nothing win and a CJ hat trick, but I mean, it really wasn't that far off from at one point being one nothing them 
or you know right. one one uh, after after CJ's first goal. So so I don't know. So do you keep this back line moving forward? It sounds like Ray's still battling with the injury. He's probably questionable for game time. It sounds like uh, Richie Marquez. He said he he was pretty sick, but he was practicing this week. So I assume Richie gets back in the lineup, and I'd guess Keegan gets back in too, right? Yeah, is he biting your hand, yeah. Baxter? Knock it off. You have a bone upstairs. Go. You, hey. <laughs> I've never seen him do that before. Um, I'm allowing yeah, I guess it. you. Could, well, yeah. I mean, because we we um, you know, after the Los Angeles game, I think people were saying, well, you know, he's going to keep Ray uh, in because they played well out there. You know, and there's uh, something to be said for continuity on the back line. Um, but you know, Wednesday when we went down there, we're recording today. Uh, it's Thursday. Ray had like a pretty, still had a pretty big bruise on his on his right yeah. shin. Uh, Roland wasn't practicing either, and Chris Pontius was out. Um, apparently, hey, <laughs> no growling. Um, Chris Pontius too was out. This win has a, gotten Baxter all flustered. Yeah, I don't know what do. he's. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why he's. Doing. He didn't get to run around too much yesterday. He he went to, we went down to the dog park, and there was like nobody down there. So uh, now okay. he's biting your hand. Yeah. Um, Chris Pontius too I mean he played with a broken hand a couple weeks ago so Jim said he couldn't put his shoe on as of Wednesday yeah but he he can still play he can't put his shoe on but he's fine yeah yeah so Uh, there definitely are some injuries Um, if Alberg can't go the Union really don't have that many options at that spot they probably don't don't want to move Ollie back up there because they probably like what Harris and Ollie have been doing at the 6 and the 8 so the really only options are to Either switch it and play two strikers, perhaps, or put Adam Najem, who's really unproven, but yeah. they do like him. I mean, Jim said in the press conference yesterday that he's a true number 10. They believe in him. He's been playing well for Bethlehem, so he could be a starter. And if Pontius can't go, it could be him in the in the center with like Fafa and, and maybe Herbers on the wings, which is yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah, unproven yeah. attack, but I, I don't know. Yeah, yesterday at training, they had Fabian on the wing with, with Fafa on the other side. Um, uh, you could also, you know, put Bedoya back up to the number 10 and right. bring in Warren Craval, um, which is something that Jim, I think, talked something about. Something on the road they might do, but yeah. I know. I just, I don't, I mean, they I, they did that as a second, I mean, not bringing Warren in, but they had Bedoya playing up there for the last 20-some minutes of the game the other day, but I think that was just kind of forced by the injury. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that Adam, Adam Najem, I, I – I think he's been really, really good in training, and he's been pretty good in some of the steel games. But when you're one, four, and four, and you're just trying to get something going yeah, here and build off that, I just don't spot. know if that's the time for it. But um, but anyway. Jim likes throwing rookies into tough spots, so he, he made it sound like it's possible. So I guess I, I guess we'll see. That's true. If Derek Jones is good enough to yeah. be a starter this year, then why why can't um, Najem? So you want to talk about CJ? Yeah, uh, he did get a hat trick, third hat trick in uh, Union history. Were you there for the first two? Were you there for the twos? The first I was. Game? Okay. Yeah, although I missed like the first two. <laughs> Uh, of the three because I wasn't actually yeah. covering the team yeah. at the time I just went to that game as a fan um, and then Roland Alberg last year his involved a, a PK too right I'm pretty sure yeah his so two, every union I think his, every, his was his was one PK as well okay yes yeah there was a free kick there yeah, was I'm the counter attack and the he- no 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 it wasn't PK. yeah it was I, don't, a, I don't think it was it was a counter attack it was a free kick and it was like the short corner I think yeah yeah okay um I mean, no, but that being said, CJ, when you look at it, it was, uh, I mean, that was a poacher's hat trick. You know, he gets a deflected shot on the first one. Yeah. The second one, really nice ball by Fabian, knocked down by Pontius, and he just has an easy tap yeah. from two yards. And then on the and third one, it's a penalty that Pontius earned. Yeah. To be fair, though, the he probably should have had four goals, because his best opportunity was the one yeah. that Robles saved. I mean, that was a great header, pinpoint right into the corner, and Robles had to make a... 
pretty crazy save. That was definitely that his yeah. best. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ironic. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. if you were going to take anything away from the hat trick by saying, you know, look at the types of goals that he scored yeah. or the types of goals that he typically does score, yeah. I and mean, then you can point to that and say that. But, it, I mean, well. it's pretty crazy. I mean, that was a story we, we all wrote, the fact that he's tied for the uh, the um, golden boot lead with uh, Kubo um, and the fact that he has that and he wasn't even starting at the beginning of the year. He was a backup to uh, mm-hmm. to um, Jay Simpson. Uh, that's pretty crazy. That's important for context, too, and I think we all kind of mentioned that this week and was something that I was trying to get at in the in the press conference. Here afterwards. we go. Here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah, you that's... know, I and the whole thing with Jim, I think everybody, you know, is f- – you know, I was familiar with the situation. I, I spoke about it on Twitter briefly. Uh, you know, I was asking, I was about halfway through a question and Jim cut it off and, um, you know, basically said, basically accused me of trying to take a cheap shot at, at CJ and, uh, said that I've been, I've been really negative and trying to divide the team and, uh, you know, stuff like that or whatever. And we kind of argued, you know, just kind of yelled over each other for a little bit, but, um, I, I I said later that that's not really where I was going yeah. with the question. Well, I'll, um, I'll say this as a journalist: the question was fair because I think we all wrote me, you, and and Matt maybe all wrote the same story for like Monday or Tuesday, and it was about it was about uh, him scoring seven goals so far this season. Can he keep it up? Is the last two seasons with Philly, he's gone through stretches where he's he's been very hot, and and it it looked like a short thing he'd score like at least ten goals, and then he he kind of goes through a drought. So. As far as articles go, I mean, that's the follow that we all wanted to write. So, I mean, I think the question w- was fair to kind of put it into more context. I guess maybe Jim expected all the questions to be, like, just kind of hyper-focused on that, like, one game. But, yeah. but like, we as journalists, we sometimes like to kind of, like, look ahead for, like, next day kind of articles. So. Yeah, and I I um I can understand. I I mean, I'll, I don't think I phrased the question well. Um, And for timing-wise, you could say, yeah, I could have left that until – Wednesday or we could have went down there Monday and asked it but at the same time I guess I didn't even finish the question and when I when I a lot of times what we do is to well, before we get on to actually like what we're asking you do like to preface it with some context you know CJ has always done well in the spring right it's a slump droughts, it's yeah. a slump in the summer therefore you know with the part that I didn't get to finish how how do you how, how do you get him over the hump finally? You know, here's yeah. a guy who's always had so much potential, but he's always been just short of that breakout season. I think everybody thinks that he can be a 10-goal scorer and be a guy who can put himself in the all-star discussion or, yeah. you know, have those discussions about whether he's a fringe national team player. Um, you know, so I don't think it's uh, uh, it it illegitimate to, to say, you know, how do, how do you, you know, that is an issue that we've seen. We have facts that... Yeah. It back up, um, you know, the idea that he always kind of hits that patch where he's not getting service and he's not creating his own shot. So how can that be, you know, how can that be di- different I, this I, year? I, I and CJ, they, CJ, his credit too. We asked him kind of the same yeah, thing he's ten fine. minutes earlier when he was sitting up there and he was yeah. he was fine with it. I, I think Jim probably took it the wrong way. I told this to you after after it happened. I think uh, the whole streak was harder on Jim than he he let on. He would always say when he would ask about his like job, he'd be like, "I'm fine." But I mean, the fact is, he's he's this isn't like a temporary job from him. Like he grew up in Philly. He lives in Philly. He, he has three kids going to, to a school here in Philly. If he gets fired, I mean, that that's a big deal. So just hearing all those rumblings about his job for so long probably took a toll on him. And to be honest, I mean, we were, we treated him fairly. Like we all wrote, uh, kind of like negative columns, I guess. But, but, but like none of us really called for his job. Like we don't really think it was, his fault but the fact that there was all those rumblings for so long and they weren't winning i think 
kind of took a toll on him and he took it out on you and he probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Let's yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty, you know, it's, it's strange. Cause I don't think that we, we've sat here and said on this podcast before and on the, in, in many different platforms before that I, we don't like doing that stuff. Like when you're a writer, when you're a journalist, you don't like having to ask a coach to his face, you know, of uh, what do you think about your job security? And do you think you're doing a good enough job? And, you know, is this guy playing well? Is this guy a good signing? I mean, all the negative stuff, It's not that's not really the avenue that anybody likes going down. But when you haven't won a game since August of last year, um, yeah. that's what the theme is going to be. And when you win games, we write positive stuff like we did all of last year. And when you're losing games, you write negative stuff. And there's it's it, you know you can never please anybody either because you have sections of the fan base that says, well, like Kincaid and Tannenwald and Zeitlin aren't hard enough. And then you have other section of the fan base that says it's time for you guys to lay off, you know? So it's always this balancing act of trying to, trying to walk it down the middle and be fair. But, you know, to your point, I, you know, even when I wrote a couple of weeks ago, the headline was, should Jim Curtin be fired? Like nowhere in that actual story did, did I, yeah. And I think yours was the same as mine where nowhere in there did we say, yes, Jim Curtin should be fired or no, he shouldn't. He blamed Ernie or Jay more than Curtin. I mean, I still think Ernie didn't have a great off season. So, I mean, I've, I've kind of written that, but, um, yeah, like I said, Jim is a passionate kind of fiery guy. He's kind of yelled at us all before, but he kind of laughs like the next day with us. So, I mean, I think he'll be fine with you. And it's nice in some ways that he reads our stuff. He, he kind of fights back. I mean, I don't see a problem with it. Well, maybe that's good. You know, maybe, and, and look at it from this way. If you're Bedoya or Sapong or whatever, and you watch that press conference, exactly. yeah, then you true. see it. Hey, Sticks Jim, up for his he's sticking up for his players, and he's telling Kincaid to sh- shove off or whatever. I mean, maybe that, and maybe that's that's part of it. Maybe that was, you know, part of the technique was just to kind of, um, you know, show, motivate show the team. There's motiv- a picture of your face in a locker room that all the players are now oh, just no. like throwing darts. Well, at just it. for just for context, every time they too, win. They're going to peel like a piece of your clothes, uh, like in major well, league. Yeah, I'd hope they'd be motivated <laughs> by more than just what you know a writer a writer says. But I mean, I waited for Jim actually after the um, the press conference outside in the hallway, and we had a uh, you know we shared a, a few more words outside. But then on Wednesday when we went down to training, Jim came up and he said, "Hey, Kat, what's going on?" And we just shook hands or whatever. We didn't talk about what had happened, but it's I mean. I, I would assume that everything is all good. I think you either need to give Baxter a bone or, or a rope or show him a red card, because this is persistent infringement. Yeah, I don't know he, what he's, he's... I've never seen him do this. He's just biting my... He's been, he's been biting my hand, like, playful puppy bites for the last 10 minutes. And I'm, he's been I have really, marks all over it now. No, he's been really chewy, <laughs> chewy for the last... Speaking of persistent infringement, and I won't go into too many details on this, but I was refing a game the other night with a team that uh, people are familiar with, actually, and uh, the game got so out of control that I had to just abandon the whole thing. Really? Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, it was the first one I've you ever You called had. the game? Well, I sent off two kids, um, one for like a terrible f- late foul, and he picked up a second yellow card. And then uh, another uh, one of his teammates came over and said, what did you send him off for? And I said, well, he came in high and high and late and tried to hurt this kid after the play. It was like malicious. It was, it was total bullshit. And the other kid basically responded with uh, – he responded with something vulgar, basically <laughs> saying that they're going to do worse to the other team the next time. So I sent him off wow. and the coach walked onto the field and he started bitching. And I told him to, to get lost. And then as soon as we resumed play, there was another like hard challenge. I was just like, that's it. Wow. I felt like somebody was going to get, 
get like killed or like break a leg or some fight was gonna break kevin that's just a calming like, influence who'd have known no i know right yeah if i was a player i would have got yeah if i was actually in the game it would have been uh much different but yeah. no nah, it was it was strange but um nice. but no i mean like i said we've been working with jim for many years now so i'd assume yeah. everything is well speaking fine. of uh, fiery coaches uh ben olsen had some uh, pretty good quotes after their loss last week to to montreal <laughs> i think he said they look like his team looked like posers he had some other curses in he there. Said, i think yeah. he said something like we played like bullshit yeah like, hey so uh dc hasn't been great they've been better than the union they haven't scored too much they've only scored like like nine goals this entire season patrick mullins yeah. has been hurt uh, uh latu who we all know well has come on and scored a couple of times yes. for them so yes. uh should be an, an interesting game. They're they're kind of as banged up as the uh, Union are. They had uh, Bill Hamid was questionable. Up oh, there's the red card. Kevin is sending Baxter off, showing him the card, leaving the door, and the door is closed. He's gonna be he's gonna miss at least one podcast, I think. I think like, no. The only reason I did that too is because he started biting the damn cable again, like the microphone cord. He he bit through. It's okay if he like... bites my hand, but once he gets <laughs> to Kevin's electronics, there's so many wires here because I have like a drum set and a. Uh, like two ampli- three amplifiers on the wall here. One time he came in and he just chewed through like a ton of wire at the, at, the, at once. And I'm like, well, uh, hopefully it's just like one, but it was like three guitar chords that he chewed through in like one bite. So, so anyway, his ass yeah, is out of here. He's out. He's yeah. not making the trip to uh, DC. How uh, you are though? But uh, yeah, are you? Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm, I'll be working it on the desk from home. I have a kid uh, coming in like three weeks, so I'm gonna stay close to Philly. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, future congratulations, <laughs> yeah, man. That's it'll yeah. be number two for you. Number two. Yeah. yeah. But uh, DC, so yeah, it should be a should be an interesting game. It's it'll be your last time at RFK, maybe. I think that's the only reason I'm going down. <laughs> you know, because I didn't go down to the other one i knew they had two games at rfk this year so um but yeah i mean the last one down there and jim had some interesting things to say about rfk he said he always liked playing down there and he said stale beer and urine from dave matthews concerts that's what it reminded exact quote yeah yeah yeah. always good when you get jim to say stale beer Uh, and urine in a a press conference i guess we're good yeah because that was my in front of the military yeah right Uh, must have been so bored. That's a military guy sitting on a press conference, like thirty minutes in a hot room with us asking like Roland Albert injury questions. These guys are like, why? Why, yeah. well, why are thank, we here? This is how we're. <laughs> thank you for your service <laughs> with a bunch of shitty questions. Yeah. Uh, but right. no, and so DC. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sebastian scored a couple in the last three games, but he came out at, yeah at halftime. Uh, Patrick Mullins came back in, so I guess we'd assume that Patrick Mullins is good to start. Yeah, he came in at halftime. I think he's probably uh, worked his way back enough to start. Um, but but they have other guys. They have uh, 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 Bill Hamid was questionable. He was a, he was a late scratch last week. Uh, I think uh, Franklin's hurt. Um, uh, I think Birnbaum's questionable. Okay. So they have a bunch of guys questionable, just like right. the Union. So be interesting to see the lineups. It's kind of hard to like project both teams right now. So. I just I'm laughing because I just picture Ben Olsen calling his team a bunch of posers. Yeah, saying we looked like posers. The whole team's so. questionable. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, you want to take some questions? Do you have anything else you want to? Uh, touch yeah. On? Did anybody ask us anything? Yeah, we actually got a lot. Okay, um, it, I was late. It was to late. The, uh, yeah, party. but yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. Um, uh, Doopie Brothers was the first, so we'll start with him. Okay. The Union are firmly committed to the four-two-three-one. Have other teams in the league been a diehard on wow on one formation like that? And he also asked, does Harris have the uh, whitest teeth in the league? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel bad. I haven't noticed Harris's teeth. I feel like I haven't talked to Harris that much. Um, I'm not sure why. Yeah, I would like to have white teeth. How are his teeth? Harris. They're they're nice. Straight and white, yeah. Okay. I'll write a column on that. 
Is that a CSN Philly? <laughs> you could pit, pitch uh, at them. Yeah, yeah. I will. Um, uh, no, wait, what was his first question? And, and formations are other um, teams as rigid as the Union pretty much are with their their fourteen. Well, rigid, one. rigid in a good in a you can be rigid in a bad way or rigid in a good way. I think right. I mean, when you look at like Real Salt Lake for all those years, made the diamond their own kind of thing and carved out an identity playing that shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's been a lot of, and you know, Columbus too played four two three one for a long time. I think they still are playing it, where their hallmark has always been to split the center backs, drop Will Trap in between the center backs, and and turn it into, you know, a three five when you're attacking. Um, but no, I don't think there's been much other. Like, I don't think there's been as much publicity about other teams like going do or die to a shape that. Um, yeah, may or may not be working like the union. You actually see a lot of flex. I mean, Toronto last night made like a second half adjustment and they came back and won two to one. So, yeah. Okay. Next question. Uh, Mike Bonfanti wants to know, do you consider DC a, a rival? Uh, we, I feel like we've talked about this a lot. We, we've both written stuff. I, I think it's whether or not it's a rival. They've played a lot of fun games over the years. Like, like we've been to some like back in Boyd's and DC mm-hmm. guys, penalty kicks guys getting thrown out. I mean, so I, I, and it's been pretty even over the years. I think both teams have, have beaten the other like six or seven times. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's a, it's a fun series. It could become more if they play in the playoffs, but I, I think right now it's it's sort of like a rival. Yeah, I I would say it's more. And I know it's kind of died down a bit over the last couple of years, yeah, but in the early in the early days when you had those Open Cup games and stuff, I considered DC to be more of a yeah. rival than New York. Those and games I, are fun. Yeah. yeah, they were. And I don't I don't I was kind of rambling on about it last week, but New York I don't even see Red Bull as being a rival team because it's not. You can't just you can't just say they're New York and they're going to be a rival. Um, you know that feeling has to be reciprocated, and if Red Bull fans are going to sit there and say. We hate New York City FC, uh, the new geographic rival, and we hate DC United, who has been our historic you know, right, Atlantic rival. Then what is the Philadelphia Union? Where are are, are are is the Union like? Um, I wish I had a better example. I'm not just saying this because it's a West Virginia thing, but I honestly couldn't think of anything better. You know, it's like we had always played Pitt and Virginia Tech, right? Uh, they were Big East and, and geographic Division One rivals, right? Um, well, I mean, but Marshall was Division One too, but they didn't play. They were in state, but they didn't play in our conference, and we didn't play them that often. So, is Marshall just then able to say, "Hey, you're a rival with us too"? I mean, yeah. it has to, the, the feelings have to go both ways, and you need some kind of yeah. history there. And, for and the Philly's Philadelphia- not going to get it from from either side because DC has been playing New York since '96, uh, as you said, and New York and NYC have their own thing now. So, I mean, it's kind of tough for Philly. They're kind of in a weird spot being uh, both new and just, just not really the same kind of, like, ferocity. And the so, question, too, the real question that I would ask is, do you need to have a rival? They might not, but, I, but I mean, Philly's used to that. I mean, Philly kind of gets passed over by, like, New York and D.C. They're kind of stuck in the middle there. And, yeah. And they're used to that, which is fine. That's why they have that chant in the Sons of Ben, like, no one likes us, we yeah. don't care. So yeah. just let them do their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next question. Uh, who plays a 10 this week? Does Bedoya move back into the middle or does Najim get the nod? We, we kind of touched on this. I, I really don't know. I, I think there's a chance that, that, um, that, uh, that, um, Adam Najim plays. But... I think it's going to be Bedoya think at 10. Yeah. yeah. I just have a feeling. That makes sense on the road, I guess. So, um, someone asked about your exchange with Jim, which we talked on. Uh, what did they say? Can you just talk about your exchange with Jim that got a bit of attention? Was there anything happening behind the scenes leading to that? I'd say not really. No. Yeah, we all get along well. 
Um, yeah, it just came out of nowhere, to be honest. Steve Jones, I think Jack Elliott has been great. Is it his job to lose when uh, Yarrow is fit or rotate those two and Richie somehow? I, 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 I still feel like Josh Yarrow is going gonna, is gonna to get the job once he's ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark, I found the Shep messing thing funny too. By the way, oh, you want to talk about that? Mention that because I kind of fell in between podcasts. But <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Um, did you watch? Did you rewatch the game and not see any of the New York broadcast? No, I read your story yeah, and okay. and the transcript. I know you talked with Carl about it before the game. Yeah, but... oh, you thought it was funny. He <laughs> Do you want to tell people like what it was? Or... Oh yeah, so um, the 90th minute of the team produced radio show they had Shep messing on last week, and he's the uh, New York color commentator. You know the um old school goalkeeper used to play in the NASL back in the day and uh just sort of like unprovoked kind of came out of nowhere Cherkin was asking him something unrelated and uh Messing just says by the way I just want to mention um Jay Sugarman has been doing a good job he's spending more money than Red Bull Chris Albright has been a failure Chris Albright's been a failure (laughs) and Ernie Stewart's signing a bunch of overpriced Dutch players which isn't true because he only signed two Dutch players one of them makes 300,000 the other one makes like 78,000 um but it was just I just thought it was like goofy that this guy would be, have like an unprovoked attack on the union's like produce like team produced radio yeah. show, and then he continued that during the, during the broadcast too. And no one's really attacked Chris Albright before. Was he kind of? He, but he got the job right after playing. I guess he did a couple of good things. He's always. No one really knows exactly like what signings are his. What are what are Ernie's? Well, and, which is why when I saw that, I knew yeah. that way that it came from Sakevich because Nick and Shep Messing had been very close yeah. over the years, and there's no doubt in my mind that Nick probably told Shep Messing over the years, "Hey, Chris Albright's doing a shitty job," and blah. blah. I know actually, I know for a fact okay. that he told him that that Chris my Albright's you, been though, doing is... a shitty job, and so Shep Messing that manifests itself like two years later, <laughs> and like, "Hey, you fired my friend, so I'm going to go right. on your radio show and tell you how shitty your technical director is." Like, what? What is? But this, I like, mean, preschool? the guy who fired Nick was. Uh, Jay Sugarman. Right. So, so why? So would, why would Shep Messing I, defend Jay? And if he was just speaking for Nick, he, maybe he that was just a way for him to kind of preface it to to, yeah, maybe, to yeah. not be like. I, I don't know. I thought the whole thing was Nick Sakevich still still hurting the, the union. The, yeah, the the specter of. Uh, How's he doing? Is the NL NLL commission? You think we should? Have, I have no. Do you idea. think we should have him on a podcast? Maybe as a guest one of these I don't days. Know if Nick <laughs> would want to come on anymore. I haven't talked to him I'm in kidding. a while, but. But he, they, they. He I was watching. We were watching sure. like live. weren't we watching like live national lacrosse on like Facebook or Twitter at the uh, yeah. the other night? Yeah, yeah they seem to be moving along. Uh, Greg Troxel, obviously a striker and a ten are needs for the union. What are your thoughts on a realistic uh, target for each, uh, both uh, domestic and international? Aaron Johansson, can can the union afford him this summer? I well. They, I, here's ten, the thing. they need a 10 a lot more than a striker i would throw i would still throw like two million dollars at adam maher yeah yeah i mean he's playing for like osmanli spore or something down at like out in turkey adam, adam maher i think most people know who he was he was the az number 10 who played behind josie when josie was really really good there and uh then they transferred him they sold him to psv and uh, I, he kind of fell out of favor some of the PSV and ended up on loan in Turkey. He might be there permanently now. I'm not sure, but he would be – he'd fit this team perfectly. Okay. Uh, some people asking what the team should do with uh, with um, Jones out uh, plus the other injuries this week. Uh, I mean, Craval's ready. He, he was great last year. He's He just hasn't played yet. But, I mean, he was probably the best yeah. player on the field in the playoff game yeah. with a broken rib. And if you're talking about do well. yeah, if you're talking about needing a guy next to Medunian in to, to protect him, I mean, that's Warren – Creval to yeah. a T. That's what he does, you know. 
and plus latent games you could bring him in because when warren played remember they would play that warren and bc pair last year where bc would sit a little bit deeper and warren would just kind of be the destroyer as a number eight that's exactly the role that he would be uh, that he would be playing if they put him in this weekend yeah um Matt Thornton wants us to project the uh, lineup for the weekend with all those guys out. Well, like we don't know for sure if Pontius, Alberg, and and Gaddis are out. It, Jim said Pontius should play. Alberg and Gaddis, I'd guess, probably won't. Um, it's like we talked about. It's I think so. Uh, so okay. So Blake, yeah, Fabinho, uh, does Marquez. Marquez play? I think Marquez will be back. Marquez and Elliot and Elliot probably. Yeah, and then Rosenberry. You think? Yeah, playing, I think right? Rosenberry. Yeah. Medunin, Creval, Bedoya. Yeah, I guess so. Pontius, and then who's on the right? Ilcino is back this week too. I mean, Fafa played played good enough to probably keep the job last week. I'd say. I don't know. Yeah, it's a strange. Uh, yeah. And then There's CJ. A lot of, a lot yeah. Of options, yeah. Uh, couple other similar questions. Will there be uh, U.S. Open Cup games at Talon in the early rounds? Probably. There usually is. Yeah, and there was a cup. There was the first round last night. Reading United won. Yeah, Junior Lone Star. Junior Lone Star lost. lost. Good feature by uh, by uh, uh, Matt DeGeorge on them. So, so that was cool. Junior Lone Star played in their in their first Open Cup. They lost to Ocean City three one, right? Yeah. So for Ocean those, City's a good team. Too. So for those who don't know, uh, Junior Lone Star is a team of basically is it a Liberian um, immigrants or immigrants? Yeah. There's some refugees in there yeah. too yeah because so. Derek came over from Ghana um, they kind right. of collect the uh, they're kind of a landing pad for Afri- West African immigrants who come over to um, who end up in Philadelphia yeah. yeah so I think Reading has the Cosmos next which will be a, which will be cool yeah if they can yeah. beat them Does Har- did Harrisburg play yet or no uh, yes, the they, they I think they get adva- yeah okay. they get a buy um, the magic uh, of the Open Cup yeah it'll be fun um, so I guess it starts for the union in June. I might have to miss those games if I have a if I have a young infant. That's, okay. That's <laughs> fine. I'm gonna miss the next two home games because I'm going on vacation. So go figure. Uh, where are you going? Uh, we're bugging out to Miami for a little bit. Nice. It's been a while. Yeah, since we've been on any kind of vacation. So you can do a piece on uh, David Beckham while you're down there. Uh, hopefully not. <laughs> uh, looks like last question from Scotty. What can I get out of the? Mo would do contract. There it is. You have to get Mo questions so they can just spend that money elsewhere. We talked to Jim. They can't really get any relief. I think his contract ends at the end of this year, right? So, I mean. Yeah, we were assuming that it's up at the end of this year. I mean, at this pretty point. Pretty much has just... to be, yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing they could do uh, this year. They, I mean, they're not going to, like, buy him out. If he could play at some point this year, that's great. If he can't, then. They'll just wish him well. And no, right. It's not like if this on. was if this was Toronto and they were maxed out on DP slots and they had the money to uh, to buy out his contract and, and free up that spot. Sure, but I mean the Philadelphia Union aren't going to do that. So I think I think everybody's just kind of stuck with Mo being where he is right now, and uh, there's yeah. not, really not much more to say about it. Yeah, it sounded last week when we talked to Curtin that there's a chance he he might not play again, which would be yeah. pretty sad. But. Yeah. Um, all right, so predictions. Else in there? Uh, well, I, I I'll say that they uh, I can't see them keeping a third clean sheet in a row on the nah. road at DC, but I'll say that they do continue to kind of build off of what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. I say like um like a one one. One one draw? Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Alright, I'll have to change it up. I'll say a nine. You don't eight. have to, I'll, you can go with the same. I'll say a nine eight win. Nine eight win. 
just to cool. Let's kind of mix it up a little. What do you got uh, published <laughs> right now? What should people go read? Oh man, uh, I had that feature last week on uh, JP and Tommy. Uh, oh, I got to read that. I still didn't get. I still didn't do that one. Yeah, that was fun to write. And, yeah. uh, Tommy yeah, was funny yeah, by the way because he was stuff. he was. We were all standing in the press lounge before the game, and like there was fifteen people watching <laughs> the, Derby. the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> he was going nuts. <laughs> Did his like horse win or something? His horse won. He won some money, and he got yeah. the race ended pretty much just before the game started. Yeah. So he had he to run there late. Yeah, he, he, he had to there. run out of there, and he's like, "Now I can do the game." So, yeah. so I'm sorry. What else is? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just normal kind of b writing stuff. Besides from that, um, how about you? You had your radio commercial thing. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote another like click, clickbaity uh, <laughs> story about uh, for views about the uh, best commercials <laughs> on the uh, or the. Uh, definitive radio commercials on sports radio. I had Joe Cordell of Cordell yeah. and Cordell. I had, uh, you know, like Delilah's Our number one sponsor. Strip Club. We had like Corpolese Bakery. We had all of the, you know. So, uh, so I don't listen. Of <laughs> I don't listen to Sports Talk Radio anymore. I listen to two podcasts, which was a great decision, but I do uh, miss that Cordell and Cordell commercial. Yeah. Sure. I, uh, you know, my car is so old and crappy that basically if i want to listen to a podcast i gotta pl- i gotta like plug my phone into like my 10 year old uh okay uh head unit or if they still call on that yeah bluetooth and, uh, and cars was a great um invention yeah that's what i need i need a new i need a new ride man we got to do like patreon or something so i can make more money off the philadelphia <laughs> union beat because this ain't cutting it right now uh but. if they keep winning maybe uh that's what I'm saying. We need wins, uh, yeah, to generate interest. You know, it's funny too because I listened. They were the topic on like Missinelli yesterday. Was uh, man, all, all four of these teams are so crappy at the same time. And I'm like, wow, well, the union's crappy too. I mean, is that finally how soccer like gets in the discussion here? Like, people start to uh, accept soccer because this team is just as bad as all the other teams. It, in town? it doesn't work so far. Because in all those articles about how bad the teams are, it's always four. It's never five. People don't think to include yeah, the union. So. Uh, yeah, maybe that's when you want to be on the, on the <laughs> outside looking in. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. Yeah, Kevin and Dave, and uh, yeah. yeah, you know, thanks everybody too. Um, also, who listened to the the pod that I did with Simon last week? I think uh, you know it was the first phone call that we we took and i think it worked out well and people seem to enjoy it so if you guys like that and you want to want me to keep trying to do them in the on the off weeks um and dave and i can do it every other week and then maybe i'll just get somebody on the phone and we'll do it uh the next week that way i can i can get something out every week and and, you know do more content or something i don't know i'm being benched i'm being replaced no listen i picked (laughs) up the dog and i physically put him outside the (laughs) the door that's you're not anywhere anywhere close (laughs) to that but I, i just think that was the easiest way to do uh just to try to make it a weekly thing yeah. for people who are asking. So, plus can, you got a newborn on the way. I'm not I can't gonna, come. I'm to, not going to ask you. I can't come to, come to fish town every week. Every week. <laughs> it's bad enough coming here every other yeah. week. Bring your two children and your dog over here. And we'll okay. The, uh, yeah. Uh, that's about it, though. Uh, Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeitlin, uh, DC United, hosting uh, Philadelphia Union. The Union's last game at RFK Stadium, barring an Open Cup or a playoff. And, uh, and the Union trying to win two games in a row, which. Yeah, and go four, and go four games unbeaten. Oh, yeah. So we got to give we you know we got to be fair about it, and uh, they're just close to uh, starting a new streak. There we go. We're breaking the old one. So a new All unbeaten right. streak. There you go. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. Thanks, y'all. Thanks.